This is Making Stitches and this time we're visiting a community benefit society in Manchester where fabric is saved from landfill and people are taught the life skill of sewing. It is such an accessible skill, like it's, it's, it's not necessarily fully accessible to gain that skill. Um, which is what we're trying to help with. Um, but once you've sort of got that skill, it enables you to just sort of keep stuff in your wardrobe for longer and just feel a bit more like you can put your own personal stamp on something um, or, or, you know, find different materials and things like that and actually put your own opinion across with what you wear. and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay, a lifelong crafter, a journalist and crochet designer. With Making Stitches, I'm able to blend my two loves of sharing people's stories and exploring crafts and making. This podcast adventure has been wonderful for me so far as I've heard the stories of inspiring makers from far and wide and from many different craft disciplines. This time we're hearing from Sarah Revington, the events coordinator from Stitched Up, a community benefit society based in Stretford in Greater Manchester, where the aim is to save fabric from being wasted and being dumped in landfill and to teach people not only the basics of sewing, but also dressmaking and how to repurpose garments, giving them a new lease of life through real life workshops and their YouTube channel too. Hey everyone, it's Bryony from Stitched Up and today I'm going to be reworking this tired old men's shirt into a tie-shoulder summery top. Hi, I'm Caitlin from Stitched Up and today we're going to be making Christmas jumpers. We're going to take a jumper from your wardrobe and upcycle it into a festive jumper. Today I'm going to be turning these jeans into a wrap round skirt. The jeans are in good condition, they're just not really my style so I thought I'd change it up a bit. I popped along to the Stitched Up shop in Stretford a few weeks back and Sarah gave me a tour of some of the beautiful reclaimed fabric they have on offer to shoppers. So everything that's hanging up on a rail on hangers are our remnants, which uh, are mostly from like people's past projects that they've donated. So they're the smaller pieces. Um, they're all about under three metres. Uh, and they're all categories, uh, we do them by weight, so they've got different colour tags and then you weigh them to sort of get a price. Um, so there's quite a few of them, we've got like four rails worth of it, I think. Uh, and then we've got stacks and stacks of rolls um, that sort of, mostly these white ones over here and then the rolls in the corner that are uh, really colourful cottons. Uh, they've all come from Manchester University, so uh, in the, is I think it's the old Saks building, uh, they've got a material science department and they've got all the old looms in there and stuff and they've been working on their weaving techniques so they made loads of cotton and they've dyed them themselves and stuff like that but since the move over to the new building they had to have a bit of a clear out so one of our old volunteers she was just like i know where to take them <laughs> so oh, we yes. went over well i say we bryony went over with caitlin um on we've got some bike trailers at the back with uh, the slightly electric assist uh, at the time so they went over and they just stacked up rolls onto a bike and then cycled back with them it sounded wow. like a hefty job um, <laughs> so that's quite a lot of what the rolls are at the moment um, but we've had loads of people come in who have been like seamstresses uh, and they've been donating their stuff as well so we've got some good stretch fabrics 
We do have a small selection of organic fabrics at the back. And then sort of from there, it's haberdasheries, but also scrap fabrics. So we do bits where people can get a bundle of scraps for 50p and hopefully make some stuff up. Um, uh, Bryony's made like a kimono jacket by just like patchworking it all together. I've just used it so far to do linings for pockets. Um, And then we've also got a new one of like leather so that's been donated to us a lot of it came from uh someone whose family member had been like a leather merchant in the 80s so it's there's loads of that um with also like leather packs so we used to have ones where it's like make up little boots but i think we finally sold them now so yeah loads of things lots of zips books all sorts i can't help noticing your display as well with the actual garments that have yeah. been made and that's volunteers and, and members of staff so this one actually at the moment was for the 10th birthday celebration so these are like past participants so people who have been to learn to sew so like the cushion cover the pencil case and the l plates from their driving test um that's from learn to sew and then a lot of them it's what they've made since then so uh we've got the skirt over there was uh janet who comes to pretty much all the garment makings she's a strong favorite Um, because she just wants to learn all the different techniques Um, and then we've got so yeah mostly just clothes from that and then um, upcycled projects as well whether that's done with workshops with us or using our reclaimed materials so there's a denim skirt there using like a sort of inspired by the sort of sashiko technique which I think was on sewing bee recently Um, so yeah but most of the time it's kind of like our inspiration wall so we'll have other things similar to this where it's like you know this is how you could fix something and so that's done by like us and the volunteers definitely fabulous there's no end of inspiration though just the different fabrics you've got the textures and the colors it's wonderful thank you (laughs) thank you after my look around the shop sarah and i headed into the stock room where it was a little bit quieter so we could have a chat about the origins of stitched up and explore more of the things they do so stitched up is a community benefit society we um actually just celebrated our 10th birthday this week uh so we started way back when um and had a few evolutions from different types of cooperatives so we've now become uh, a community benefit society um and basically we are here to inspire action on sustainable fashion for the community of greater manchester so we do this by um teaching workshops in like our in-house workshops on our public program and that can be anything from like absolute beginners learning to sew all the way to garment making or even learning like um, repairs and upcycling and things like that uh, we also travel all around Manchester teaching workshops. That's, this is mostly my job. <laughs> um, teaching workshops with other organisations, either if they've hired us in or through funded projects. And then, oh, I mean, there's quite a lot we do. But I suppose lastly is we also have a shop in Stretford Mall where we sell reclaimed materials. So people bring donations to us from their past projects or from other organisations and companies that have dead stock and things like that and then we sell them on and divert it from landfill that's wonderful so you're ticking an awful lot of boxes there aren't you i hope so (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot to tick (laughs) absolutely so what was the catalyst for for beginning stitched up in the first place so stitched up was formed in 2012 2011 2012 um by six uh, women who they'd all met through university I think Um, I'm not one of the original co-founders 
but uh, they all met for university and they were all just basically a kind of essentially within our name title of stitched up just felt very forced into a corner by the fashion industry that there were no other alternatives and options to sort of uh, campaign and make those sort of choices um so they got together and they originally just kind of stored everything in their own houses and traveled around teaching workshops running events like clothes swaps and things like that and then over the years it's just progressed more and more so um we they got the first shop i think it would have been 2014 2015 uh in Cholton, which is when i first sort of became aware of them um and started volunteering so i'm originally started volunteering with them uh, and then it's just slowly progressed from there <laughs> to running workshops and then becoming uh, a co-op member as well. So there's three of us at the moment. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. So your workshops, what what are you doing? Are you teaching people to repurpose fashion or, or to, to mend items of clothing or, you know, what, what kind of things do you do? Um, so all those things, really, like it's a good way of generalising it. Um, we do very much focus on our core workshops well not necessarily focus but we do have a really strong lot of core workshops that are around um very much teaching people how to sew absolute beginners they're sort of the most popular um which does lead on to the garment making workshop where it's learning how to make a brand new garment from a pattern uh, like the ones you buy in the shop and then we do try and run more sort of repair and alterations type workshops as well uh but it's uh <laughs> just getting them onto the calendar is a bit difficult at times um so aside from that we also uh run the stretford repair cafe which happens every second saturday of the month and basically um it's a two-hour uh sort of event where it's led by volunteers and it's about skill sharing so it can be anything from clothing to bikes or mechanics and things like that so we have different volunteers that um go around all of the different repair cafes in manchester there's some in moss side levenshoom all that kind of stuff um and they just constantly spend their saturdays fixing things um so we like to focus a bit more on those ones with the repairs and the upcycling because it's a good way of like sharing that skill so you can discuss with the person what they want to do um yeah oh wow well do you know i was speaking to my dad who's obviously another generation on from 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 me um and he was saying well that's what people did in the old days it's clearly it's skills that have been lost somehow through the generations isn't it definitely I mean it's hardly well I feel like it's hardly taught in schools at the moment I think we had one woman who came into the shop the other day who um worked for one of the uh, high schools around and she was saying that they're sort of phasing out the textile courses there which is such a shame because it it is such an accessible um skill like it's 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 not necessarily fully accessible to gain that skill um which is what we're trying to help with um but once you've sort of got that skill it enables you to just sort of keep stuff in your wardrobe for longer and just feel a bit more like you can put your own personal stamp on something um or or you know find different materials and things like that and actually put your own opinion across with what you wear and and what you want to wear and stuff indeed and even open up a career to somebody as well definitely definitely i mean lockdown definitely saw that with people starting their own sort of freelance businesses and things like that and 
making scrunchies, making pencil cases, all that sort of stuff. I know that my Instagram is full of lots of different sewing tips. Apparently, there's a version of TikTok now called SewTok, which someone told me about. Yeah, loads oh, of different tips on wonderful different things. Um, yeah, so definitely. I mean, when we teach our workshops here, we've, as for me, it's it's kind of making sure that well, not making sure, but it's very much trying to translate that it can be a lifelong skill and it's still a process. So we do have people inquiring, wanting to learn how to sew because they want that they do want to make it a business and stuff like that. And I very much want to encourage that for that person. But they've got to remember maybe sometimes it might just take a little bit longer depending on what you want to make <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, one woman was recently on our Learn to Sew course who does a lot of fabric weaving and like rug tufting and things like that. And I think she says she wanted to make it more of a business. And I think she wants, like, you know, the weaving into cushion covers and things like that. So, yeah, definitely. It'd be great to have more things like that. Absolutely. So in the time that you've been involved with St- Stitched Up, have you have you noticed a trend towards more people wanting to learn these skills and, and do more to save the environment by recycling and upcycling clothes? Um yeah definitely i think again the lockdown saw more of an environmental impact on things and people are starting to think a bit more it still very much feels like it's always put on the consumer to make those sort of impacts as opposed to like government and the businesses um which is another side of what we do when we we focus on campaigning is that obviously we want to give a consumer choice but ultimately to make drastic changes it would need to be um sort of government and and businesses making those changes um but at the same time yeah like we've had so we work with volunteers i think mostly it's great to see that with the volunteers so we in the shop helping us sort through fabrics like we weigh every donation to show what we've diverted from landfill so like it's really um like key that we work with volunteers for that and a lot of them have come because they've wanted to start their own sustainable journey I mean that's why I started volunteering like I I've studied fashion in various forms throughout my education and when I got like the typical fast fashion job out of uni it just wasn't sitting well with me but I hadn't really I'd started to think about it but I hadn't really actively made any changes uh, and stuff like that so I wanted to learn more which is why I started volunteering here um, and it's just great that it's managed to progress into a job because also those jobs aren't fully available either so um, yeah I can see a steady change and a, and a quick change with some people as well but it's going to be a process I think is the <laughs> short version of it. So going back to you and your story, how did you first get involved in sewing and and making yourself? So uh, I think I first sort of got crafty with the standard after school clubs in primary school. And uh, there was one uh, great like uh, childminder (laughs) at one of the after school clubs. And she knew all the craft stuff and she taught us that. And then when I started high school, um, quite luckily, the year I started, uh, one of the new art teachers was a costume designer and she created like an after school fashion club. And for some reason, we started with corsets. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, in groups, but still. Baptism um, of fire. <laughs> yeah, I know, basically. And then she introduced it, introduced uh, a fashion GCSE. So I did that and then went on to do a BTEC at Manchester College. So that's when I learned how to draft patterns and sort of more focused construction 
and things like that. And then after that, for some reason, I decided I wanted to do marketing because I thought I was going to be like the Anna Winter of the fashion world and then decided I didn't want to be. And I wish I'd done textiles, but oh well. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I finished there and and I just mostly, um, sort of obviously that's, that's quite a lot of like education behind it, but most of it's come from practicing. And then I even, when I first started volunteering here, in about 2017, we introduced the garment making workshop, which I led as a freelancer. And what, from five years of teaching that, I've learned so much because a lot of that is, you know, just getting patterns and reading the instructions. So I've read quite a fair few instructions and I think that's helped. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's kind of built your knowledge as you've been teaching other people as well. Exactly, exactly. And, and hopefully, I hope that lots of people have learned. <laughs> I'm sure they have. So what does the future hold then for Stitch Dot? What, what's your next, uh, your next vision on the horizon? Well, it's quite scary at the moment, for sure, like in the sense of cost of living and all that kind of stuff. But I think the fact that we've just sort of looked back on the 10 years of what's been achieved, um, especially with my colleague Bryony, who was one of the original co-founders. So she's been here the whole 10 years and seen sort of every generation of it. Um, it's it's been quite interesting that we've been able to like rethink not rethink as in change everything but like rethink what the original goals were and what our goals are now and how to sort of bring them together I think the main target for us for the future is we need more space <laughs> um, we, we've, we love our little Stratford shop but um, they've got plans for renovations and things like that so we do we want to find a more permanent home uh, in Manchester so that we can sort of really really focus on the, the resale as well the textile reuse side of what we do um, because we've got so many materials here just even in the shop at the moment and hidden uh, in the storage <laughs> that I think that would be great that we could keep doing that and actually make that side of it more of a a viable business <laughs> absolutely well just i'm absolutely blown away at the range of fabric and the colors you've got in in the shop um and i kind of wish i'd known that you were here <laughs> so you <can laughs> before i did now <laughs> but no it's it's a wonderful resource for the community but at the same time you're helping the planet as well yeah that is the goal like uh, like i say as a community benefit society we are here for the community of manchester um, and another side of that means that we have board members, which also means that they can be all around Manchester and that we can have a bigger scope of what the community wants and needs. And a lot of the things we tend to find is that these these shops aren't around as much, just, let alone just fabric shops. There are some good old staples, but like just having more of an option in more different sort of areas would of Manchester would be great. Absolutely. I mean, my local fabric shop just very recently in the last sort of six months has closed down oh, so yeah. I was wondering where it, where I'd be able to go but now I know yes yes <laughs> we're here. here come here indeed yeah it's good I like it I like the shop that we've got because um I know that sometimes you kind of have an idea in your head of what fabric you want for what uh, garment you're going to make but sometimes you're just like rummaging around on all the remnants and it's like oh actually oh this is nice oh maybe I could make this and yeah and stuff like that. And be inspired by what's available. That's the hope, but at the moment it tends to be I'm inspired to buy more and more fabric to stuff up my own house with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically what I hear from everybody else that comes in as well. 
Absolutely. Everybody's got a stash, a guilty mm. stash somewhere. <laughs> but it's fine because it's in circulation then and you might find that later down the line, you you know, you're not going to make anything from it. And if there were more shops like this available, you could just donate your fabric and then it goes back into uh, into someone else's project and then it can be made rather than just thrown away and stuff we hear that quite a lot from the people who make donations um i think there's a, a fabric sh- not a fabric shop um a pol- upholstery shop around here in in the mall and he's been donating a lot of his big samples for that because he was like oh, he's like i've been trying to find a place for years because otherwise i've just had to throw them away oh, yeah exactly because it's it, you know for his business it's it's having different materials available to i don't know oh, i can't actually remember which shop he's in um <laughs> But it's it's then yeah then they become surplus and and they'll just be binned and that's not useful. No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. So I believe you're um, you're beginning podcasting yourself um, with Stitched Up. Can you yes. tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, in in a in, in a way with that one. Um, I'm not the lead uh, on this project, but basically we've had some funding from uh, the Heritage Fund. Um, the yeah the lottery lottery heritage fund uh, and it's called the Kathleen project um and basically what it is is learning about the history of the textile industry in Manchester you, you know going far as back as we can um to learn more about the impact it's had on the community and since it's changed so the project started with um down in our shop we've got uh, an old industrial treadle machine which is the pedal powered one so it doesn't plug in um and basically in our old shop in Cholton one day they turned up to work and someone had donated it and just left it outside and it was very rusty so they got to work on it cleaned it up got it working and then when they opened the little drawer that's um on the machine uh, there was like a, a name card and a little picture uh, and it said like Mrs Kathleen we can't see what the last name says um, and it just must have been the woman that used the machine or at least whether it was working used it in a working environment or personally it's somebody that loved and cared the machine um, and the machine itself dates back I think it's to the 1930s or potentially the 1920s um, so yeah it's just like we, we would have loved to have known more about Kathleen but we don't know where to find her <laughs> so instead we want to find out about all the people in Manchester that have had that sort of experience. We were very lucky to talk to a woman who had very much that sort of experience. She was a hundred years old and she came into the shop to have a chat with me. Um, and she had done her apprenticeship down on Deansgate. Uh, she had some stories of like sort of the, the sort of sweatshop job she had before that and how her mother came to her rescue um, and things like that. And it was just so interesting to learn. And it was just like, you know, she would have been working in the 30s and the impact it had working there, going through wartime and sort of her life after that. Um, and especially as now that there's not many like warehouses in Manchester that would do those sort of work like that kind of work anymore it's very much outsourced in that sense and unfairly treated out when it's outsourced um the impact it would have had on people who would have lost their jobs and and all those sort of things so we're hopefully hopefully getting some interviews together and then um Bryony and Joe are working on that project and I think Joe's going to be the keen podcast one. That's fabulous. That's absolutely fascinating. I'm sure you'll have a huge audience for that because yeah. it's just riveting hearing people's stories. 
yeah isn't it? definitely definitely i mean it was a good half hour 45 minutes we were having a chat about all those things and it was really interesting her daughter had come in as well and it was just like learning how they had then learned by watching the mum or at least that they'd known that most of the clothes that they had had been made for them um and they were made to last and all that kind of stuff so yeah really interesting I'm, I'm excited to hear the rest of it to be honest I'm very much in the background <laughs> <laughs> oh well do let me know and then I can I can share it on uh, on my social media yeah. channels as well when it when it all gets be released that would be fabulous nice thank you <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for showing me around and, and telling me a bit more about Stitched Up it's been absolutely fascinating to hear all about it Sarah thank you no worries thank you thanks again to Sarah for speaking to me for making stitches it was really interesting to have a nosy around the shop and hear all the other great things going on behind the scenes at Stitched Up if you'd like to find out more about it you can find links to their website and YouTube channel in the show notes for this episode and thanks to you too for listening If you enjoyed the episode, why not share it with someone else you think might enjoy it too? And if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating or review on your favourite podcast app, that'll help Making Stitches be seen by an even greater audience. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another inspiring maker story. Until then, do stay safe and enjoy your crafting.